0: that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms, as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. Brian Zeglis is the Assistant Band Director at Davenport Central High School in Davenport, Iowa. Mr. Zeglis conducts a symphonic band, directs Jazz One, coordinates and arranges percussion for the marching Blue Devils, and leads three percussion ensembles. Brian worked for nine years with the Colt Cadets Drum and Bugle Corps as the Program Coordinator, Music Coordinator, Percussion Caption Head, and the Percussion Arranger. Mr. Zeglis graduated summa cum laude with a BA in Music Business from Western Illinois University. He then received his Master's in Music and Jazz Studies from the University of North Texas, and has completed postgraduate work at the University of Iowa, where he is focused on music education and received his teaching certification. Brian currently performs as a drummer for the Rod Pearson Big Band and Ten of Soul. It's my pleasure to have him on the podcast this week. Well, Brian, it is fabulous uh, to speak with you again. I know that I met you this summer at the Music for All uh, conference, and, and it seemed like you were doing really great stuff with your Students, So thanks uh, for taking uh, time out, putting your, uh, your youngster to bed and, and uh, getting some time in with me. I really appreciate
1: you. you uh... Of course. Thanks for having me on. It's an honor to, to talk with you.
0: Great. Well, um, why don't for the listeners uh, that aren't uh, familiar um, uh, with your program or, or with you in general, why don't you talk about uh, your path uh, to become a music educator before we talk about your current position?
1: Okay, um, out of high school, I went to a smaller high school in Illinois, and out of high school, I went to Western Illinois University and got a degree in music business. Uh, that also came with a marketing uh, a marketing minor, Wow. and I cool. did an internship uh, with the Percussive Arts Society when they were still in Lawton, Oklahoma. Uh, directly out of that, I went to the University of North Texas and got oh, a master's degree in jazz studies uh, with drum set performance as my focus. And while I was in Denton, I was lucky enough to pick up some lessons at a local school. And that turned into going once a week and teaching three or four percussion lessons to the second year, it was running their drumline. And then by the end of that year, it was, hey, we'd like you to come more often. So then by my third year, I was in Denton, I was teaching like three, three and a half days a week and really kind of serving as an assistant band director and kind of seeing like, wow, this is... Something that I kind of good at, and I I enjoy doing it. Um, it was around that time that uh, my then fiance, now wife, we were looking actually for houses in Texas because the school district I was working at wanted to keep me on. Um, so there was like a Sunday night where I was on my laptop and she was on her laptop in Illinois because she was still finishing up her degree. Where um, we were looking at housing in Texas, and then that next day she got a call to do a, a job interview in Illinois. And she did that on Tuesday, and she got the job. So Tuesday night, we were looking for housing and <laughs> jobs for me in Illinois and Iowa. So overnight, it kind of switched our, our focus there. Um, came back up to the area, uh, the, to the Quad City area, which is two larger cities on the border, the Mississippi River in Iowa, and two in Illinois. So it's a larger area. And with me being a percussionist, I was able to piece it together a lot easier than her. She is a bassoon player okay um, so for the first uh like seven or eight years that we were here i was really piecing it together i taught at three or four different high schools uh two or three different colleges as adjunct and just performed hustling uh, <laughs> hustling definitely hustling. yeah uh, it was about that time when i was trying to decide where is this leading and do i want to go the college route and have to get a doctorate or try to go with a full-time position, like teaching position route, right, where I'd have to go back and get my teaching certificate, that uh, an opportunity opened up at the University of Iowa. They needed a drummer for their big band and were offering uh, a TA position to do it. So I just called up and said, hey, I, I need my teaching certificate, but I am very experienced in what you're looking for. So I got to go back for two years and they worked with me and I got certified. And then uh, throughout this whole time, I was able to teach. Like one of my very first gigs I got when I was here was teaching percussion at Davenport Central High School. And
0: that ah, would all make sense.
1: Now it makes sense. Yeah. Right when I got certified, they added another band director position. So I was able to uh, interview for that and come on board. So I've technically been on board at Central High School for this is my 13th year, but it is my fourth year as an actual band director.
0: Wow, that's very cool. It's uh, I think your story is prob- probably uh, familiar to many that are listening. Uh, that kind of um, I, I know many people who didn't start out as a music ed major but ended up teaching, uh, and I've I've heard that story before. So very uh, yes. hats off to you. It's a lot of determination to get that degree after you know being out, uh, you know hustling, making money to go back and do it. It sounds like it was a perfect opportunity.
1: Yeah, everything worked out for the best definitely and where I started ended up where I ended up now so it it all has worked perfect circle really really well.
0: Cool. Well, Brian, one of the reasons I was excited to to have you on this podcast is that for the most part I interview a lot of people who are really music tech heavy, meaning that they're that they're doing composition, they're doing music theory, they've been teaching music technology for years. And what drew me to you when I first met you was the the idea that you're a you're really a you know a band guy a percussionist that's that's using um, technology really the way a lot of our customers use it, uh, which is to help you know uh, I would imagine to help you do your job better with so many kids uh, and to help them uh, you know improve their musical skills. Um, so uh, be- before we dive into what you're doing technology-wise, I'd love to hear about your program at Central High School there in Davenport, Iowa. Uh,
1: before that, I'm glad you brought it up. How you did? I've listening been listening back to the past podcasts, and uh, to say I've been intimidated by some of your guests is an understatement. So I'm <laughs> glad that you uh, brought it up like that. Yes, I am the the common band director that is going to be using the software. Um, uh, Central to get to Central High School, it's I didn't realize it at the time that I accepted the position and worked there, but it has just a history of tradition that I didn't even realize at the time that every year we find out more and more. The band program actually started in 1885.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Uh, an actual band inside the school. It's the definitely the oldest high school band in the state of Iowa. We... I think that it is definitely one of the oldest band programs west of the Mississippi, but without fact checking that, we don't claim that. But we know we're the oldest in, in Iowa. Wow. Uh, one of the really cool things is um, a longtime band director who started in like the 1930s, Effie Mortavoy, actually started the pullout lesson system. Oh my he, goodness. <laughs> he knew the value of it, so he kind of instituted that into his program. And to the point where when he retired as the band director, he kind of inserted himself within the administration, the district administration. And he, we actually have a board policy that pull-out lessons are mandatory for all instrumental musicians in our district.
0: Oh my goodness, that's fantastic.
1: <laughs> so, so the support and the history that we have in our school is amazing and fantastic. The community is just full-on for our program and it's, it's really, really a great place. Um, as far as what we do now... We have, we currently have three concert bands. We have two jazz bands. We have marching band, which is a volunteer group, which we meet outside the school day. Mm-hmm. And that's all on top of uh, like the percussion ensembles and the small chamber groups that we run for solo ensemble contest. Um, the district, we have four high schools in our district. We are um, central high School is about 1500 students and our band program right now is sitting just under 240. Okay. Uh, next year we, we do expect the numbers to go up a little bit. We have a very large eighth grade class coming in. The district uh the district is a title one district. So about sixty percent uh, of our students are on free introduced lunch.
0: Oh wow so okay
1: we have a we have a wide range of students that we serve. We have a wide wide range of um socioeconomic statuses so it's it's a very diverse place to teach. But we definitely feel the support and the uh the understanding of what tradition we are serving within our program.
0: Well, that's fantastic. I mean, that sounds uh I'm sure there are challenges, but there it sounds like it's just a great place to teach with that kind of support. I know yeah, that uh, I know that in my own teaching experience, the pullout program, if the kids said I have a math test, that was it, I absolutely was not allowed to take them out of that class. So it's nice to hear that it's mandatory and that it's supported like that. That's fabulous. And
1: we, we definitely cooperate with our teachers in that way. So typically what we do is if we have a nine week period, we will only grade for six of those weeks because we want to give the kid the freedom to tell us, oh, wow. Hey, I'm, I'm behind in this class. And we give them that responsibility of, Hey, you know, where you need to be. So we try and, treat the kids with that maturity, but also use that to kind of cooperate with the teachers. So that it's not just, well, it doesn't matter if you have a math test, this is the week we're pulling you out for your lesson.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So it's a balance act, but you're giving the kids a little bit of uh, freedom or a little bit of leeway. It's, it really yep. sounds great. So um, you, you said you have three, there are three directors, three uh, band directors, correct?
1: Yes, we have three band directors.
0: That's amazing. I think out east at least that is just unheard of. Uh, but but I always tell people when that I that I meet on this side uh, on the east coast that that's that's common and in Texas it's very common to have four or five band directors. I've I've been to yeah. Oklahoma. So yeah, that's not surprising at all. Very cool. And what are your goals for the uh for your for for your aspect of the program?
1: Um I'm really pushing the the numbers last year in the jazz department really, really exploded. We went from having like 25, 26 kids uh, to last year we had like 47, 48.
0: Wow. So
1: that's a really excellent growth. And with that growth, now we want to really focus on the improvisation and get, get all of that pushing as well as the numbers. So we're really excited about the numbers. Um, as I said earlier, we have a big eighth grade class. So we're in the discussions now of growing to a fourth concert band as well um that's so, amazing.
0: that's amazing yeah
1: we're we're very excited it's it's a it's a really great time to be involved in the school and things are growing and the support is wonderful so the biggest thing is we're just trying to give kids opportunity to grow through music and just make them better people we want to make sure that we hold them accountable and teach them that the work that we're going to put in can help you make the right choices in life and become better people.
0: That's great. I think, I think that resonates with a lot of people, Brian. That's yeah. great. Um, so, you know, a traditional band program, and I mean, it doesn't get any more kind of tradition than that. 1885, you said that, that's extraordinary. Yes. Uh, so I'd love to know how technology reared up its head uh, at your school.
1: Uh, the technology and with music first, it all was kind of this perfect storm. Like three years ago, we went to a one-to-one, and all of the kids got Chromebooks.
0: Ah, there you go.
1: And then two years ago, the district instituted um, the the long-term plan of within five years we'll be standards-based grading. So along with those two things, where we had to start providing really, really hardcore data for the standard-based grading, plus the kids having the access to the the one-to-one with the Chromebook, it was a really natural option for us to push to get music first into our district for the three of the high schools that have music programs. And we had met uh, Mike several times at our at our uh, conference in May at IBA and talked to him through the program and he walked us through it and we we just fell in love with it. So then last year we brought uh, sorry, two years ago, we brought the other high school band directors over to say, like, hey, we're we're invested in this. We want to push for this, but we want you guys to get on board, too. And they fell in love with it. So then last year, it was mid-year, actually. It was, like, right about now, September, October, where the district finally approved the funding. So we got it. We got it late, frankly. Right. Um, we got access to it mid-year, which made it a challenge, but also made us really – dive into the program and say, all right, we're going to institute this, so we got to figure it out. Um, so we figured out a couple things. We didn't want to go too crazy with it. Just two or three things that we all dove in on and kind of figured out, worked for our program. So that's how we ended up coming to music first and adding technology into our classroom.
0: Yeah. So you, you, I mean, it, it, it makes me smile to hear that because that was actually a big part of the intent of the program was that when these kind of, you know, when the assessment, when, when, when people start looking for data from music educators, most music educators, especially ensemble directors go, how on earth am I supposed to gather data while I'm maintaining the excellence of my music program? I've got, I've got this many performances throughout the year. I've got football games, you know, how are not you tell me? So, um, I mean, I, when, when we were designing it, when I, when I was meeting with music teachers, one of the main things I kept pushing was that this is a fantastic way for teachers to easily get data from their students and to, to, and, and real data and showing growth over time. So I have a big smile on my face, Brian. I appreciate it. So, um, what, what exactly are, what software are you using, uh, with your students and how are you using it?
1: Yeah. Uh, so the big way that I incorporated it last year was with practice first. Um, I had last year, I had the freshman ensemble. We have a freshman band and then two upperclassmen bands, which are audition based amongst those two. So I, I ran the freshman last year and I used it in two big ways. The big one is I did scale tests with the kids, which normally we would take time out of rehearsal and spend an entire day just listening to kids play their scales. But I did it a different way last year. And every two weeks i signed the kids two scales and it was i went chromatically so that there was an easier one paired with a harder one mm-hmm. and, and we did those every day in our warm-up but by the end of the two weeks the kids had to play the the practice first test and submit their recording to me so that way I still incorporate it within my instruction in the classroom and our warm-up routine, but I didn't have to take that day off to listen to the 75 kids play me their scales in my office.
0: Well, I mean, what more fun way to spend a day is there? <laughs> oh,
1: absolutely, Yes. Cause they all know their key signatures for sure. Right. Um, oh, wow. so that, was, that was a huge, huge help and gained me essentially, if you look at it, gained me an extra rehearsal six times in that, that term because i did six pairs of the major scales oh right so that was a really big big help on that end and the kids it was at first it was a struggle to get them in but then once i figured out how to link music first to the google classroom that i already created the the submission rate went just out the roof i i only had like one or two kids that didn't turn in the assignments oh that's great Yeah, having seventy-two out of seventy-four, however many kids it was last year, turning that in was fantastic. And the the other great thing about that is I put um, a submission level, so they had to get an eighty-five. I think it was they had to get an eighty-five. So there was those kids that got it right away, but there were a lot more kids that fell under the under that threshold. So they had to practice it, (laughs) or like I have to try again, which tricks them tricks them into practicing it so had kids that were starting off on a 50 and then ending up getting that 85 or a 90 so it, it encourages the kids to practice it and it was wonderful
0: well you just you just nailed the reason why cuz i named the product practice first because yes i know when i was a band director that was just like the bane of my existence was getting kids to practice and i think everybody in america no matter how good your program is Every director, just please, could you, you know, get the students to practice more? So, you know, when I was naming the product, I said, well, let's call it practice first. And those thresholds thresholds that you were talking about, Brian, where um, a student has to achieve like the minimum of rather than having them always shoot for 100, which I think is actually dangerous because the kids... Most kids want to get a hundred, and then they 'll and it 's really hard to do i mean it, let's let 's call it what it is. This is a computer software program judging a kid 's musical you know, uh, you know uh, performance and so for a kid to get an hundred is Absolutely. is is kind of impossible um, uh, you know I, I know myself as a as a pretty decent tuba player i don 't think I could get a hundred. So, um, yeah, I like that, that you mentioned the thresholds and, the other, and really trying to get them up there uh, yep. to just practice.
1: That was the other really neat thing. It encouraged kids in two different levels. The kids who were below the threshold were working really hard to get to that threshold, but then the kids who automatically already got that threshold were kind of competing against each other. And if not racing towards 100, we're race, racing to be like, well – I got a ninety-eight, but my friend only got a ninety-seven, and then right. that friend would get a nine, and they would keep bouncing back and forth. And like, even the kids that were already achieving were still practicing to get better.
0: That's great. That's great to hear. So, um, d- do you use practice first at all with your marching band? Because we have um, we have a lot of people using it with their marching bands because there's a memorization feature. Not sure if you're familiar with it, but uh, didn't know whether you.
1: We, like I said, we got it too late in the school year last year to incorporate it, but this year we have put it in. We did not use the memorization tool, but we have put in our entire show and broken it up into chunks and done playing exams with it. So what we did is over the summer, we have a mini camp in the end of May, early June, where we have three nights of rehearsal and we just get the kids some music for the show. We're hoping that if we have those three nights we can just play through the music and at least the kids have the proper instruction should they choose to practice over the summer so what we did with our our leadership team our section leaders and our drum majors is we put the music into playing tests for them over the summer to make sure that they were learning it so when we came back for band camp they were prepared to teach it and then once we've gotten back in with the full group now we've also added most of those assignments back in for the entire group to play. So every probably two weeks we will have a playing assignment of a different movement of the show or a different segment of the show if it's a longer movement. So again, it's just getting the kids to practice. And even if nothing else, it gets the kids outside of our rehearsal time in front of the Chromebook, playing it enough times that they can submit a good submission that we can listen to. That's great. I I love to hear it.
0: Um, what other? I, I think you're using another, are you using sight reading factory?
1: Yes. We use sight reading factory, uh, especially at the end of last year, we, we had a little bit of anomaly on the calendar. So the state's music schedule scooted up a week, but our school calendar scooted back a week. So instead of having like the two, two and a half weeks after our final concert, We had four weeks after the final concert of school left last year.
0: Oof, that's a long time.
1: It was that question of, okay, we can can work on next year's Marching Man show for a little bit, but we have a volunteer-only group, so we don't want to do that with the full concert band. We can clean instruments, but okay, we still have three more weeks to get through. So we did a lot of sight reading factory, and because it is so... Uh, you can set so many parameters. We would do days, or even a few day chunks of all right. Everything we're gonna do today is in in B flat. So we're gonna we'll do a warm up routine in B flat, and then we're gonna work on three or four different time signatures. We're gonna do three, four. We're gonna do six, eight. Especially the six, eight saw a lot of growth, and we're gonna do cut time. The cut time also saw a lot of growth as well. So just getting the kids seeing it every day, and Really talking through those different rhythms and the different patterns within the scales was a huge help, both for the time at the end of the year to be productive, but the growth the kids made on their their reading was significant. It was really great.
0: Oh, that's that's fabulous. I mean, if anybody hasn't used Sight Reading Factory, it is just mind-blowingly cool for generating yes. sight-read examples, and you don't have to pull you know, old lit out of the library and, and distribute it. So it's uh, it, it's such a time saver. And it's yeah, one of the things.
1: It recollect it and reorganize it. And yeah, it's yeah, just a quick, you have a brand new exercise. Yeah. When
0: I was a band director, I was a middle school band director. I never did sight reading with my kids because I was just worried about the concert music. But had I had a month at the end, you know, you run out of videos quick. Um, yes. So yeah, it's a great use of it. Uh, very cool i want to i want to um go back uh you said something earlier that was um uh really important and I want everyone to hear it is that you you only did a few things to start and and i i i say this all the time when I talk with teachers is that you know for the integration of music first classroom into your program just try you just tried a couple of things to get started um Absolutely. you know if i i think a, a mistake that a lot of people make is just trying to have it in every aspect of their program, which I think is a giant mistake, um, I, and that's not what we're advocating. You know, use it where you need it, and test it out. Try an audio recording assignment once. Try a you know a quiz. Try a video with a critique. Um, so you know, maybe talk about that. How did you start out? Did you just you know have them do a couple of audio record? What did you What did you do first with
1: the kids? Um, the first thing I tried to do. And I think it's important to talk about this because it was a complete failure on my end is I tried to create my own assessment assignments within practice first. And I I was trying to convert XML files from Sibelius and input them. And I just couldn't get it set up correctly and was frankly getting frustrated Yep. Uh, despite the help from Mike and Juliana and everybody that were wonderful. Every time I had questions, um and it because we started so late with the program and didn't get the training until January. So we had a four, three or four month gap where it was kind of here it is, let us know what questions you have, but just please try it. Right. Um so then rather than trying to input my own, like I said, I did the the scale test. So I found some scale test in the already the already the, the library of existing materials. I found some scales. I created the tests from there and implemented them and just got the kids rolling with it. And the bumps along the way, the first time I didn't link it to Google Classroom. So the participation was low, plus it was new to the kids. But then as we got through, the kids really bought into it. And then I went back and started to really try and upload my own exercises again. So by the end of the year, once they had passed their scales off, uh, we played Korean folk songs. So what I did is I created exercises based upon that pentatonic scale. Yep, I uploaded them and handed the kids that same sheet. So it was our warm-up exercise after we played long tones and all that. It was those, those pentatonic scale exercises, and that was uploaded. So we did them for two or three weeks, even before I handed the music out because we weren't on that concert set yet. I didn't even explain to the kids what we were playing and why we were playing it. We just started learning the pentatonic scale. So when I handed Korean out, they were ready to roll. Oh, that's um, great. So we did that, and then... The kids, once we got the music, like a week after I handed the music out, I said, all right, I I had it in there already, but it wasn't visible to the kids. I made the the playing test on all those visible and said, all right, this is the exercises we've been doing. You're going to notice it's a lot like Korean folk song. And then we had a playing test on it. So really figuring out what's in the program first helped me a lot. And then I got the chance to kind of figure out how to upload different things and kind of create and craft my own exercises to go into it.
0: That's great. I mean, it's important that, I mean, no technology uh, is, you know, it has zero growing pains. Everything, anytime you implement any type of tool or especially a new tool into your teaching, there are growing pains. So it's really good to hear you talk about that and say, you know, know, the training helped and the kind of getting a little uh, time under your belt, getting the kids comfortable with it, finding stuff that does work rather than just saying, forget this. Um, I think that's really important for everyone to understand that, you know, to think that it'll just immediately slice your bread, butter it and toast it for you. Um, even
1: even a a software update on our phones throws you for a loop for a week. Exactly. Implementing a brand new thing for the kids as it's brand new for me too. it, It took some time to get through it. But then once everybody was on board, it was, it was super helpful and really great.
0: Excellent. All right, Brian. A uh, couple more questions for you. I appreciate uh, appreciate your time. Um, so, you know, again, I love the idea. You know, when you said I'm just a common band director, that's you know, I think you're fantastic. I think you're doing great things. You're probably one of you know the oldest band program in Iowa, maybe, perhaps even uh, you know a much larger section of the country. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give to other band directors or ensemble directors who are thinking? Uh, of doing this, a similar type thing, you know, large scale data collection, uh, you, you know, what what advice would you give them?
1: I, I think the the huge benefit of this software is that it's not a single service sort of thing. So you can take something in your program that needs help and apply this to that. So it's not just a, a one kind of, app that only does one thing there's so many things that it can do so find what you need and find what will save your time and do it one of the new things we implemented this year and it kind of goes along the same lines of uh, the scale test last year when we do seating tests at the beginning of the year for chairs we we went through the library and found an existing thing and again normally with our upperclassmen group that's like hundred and fifty kids that would take us two days to get through all of them playing their exams. We did it on practice first this year. Oh, wow. We used, and we still use the recording, and we used the rhythm score and the pitch score. And then we listened to them on our own time and added uh, like an intonation and articulation score. So it wasn't just based on the computer, but we could listen to them at our own time when we had 10 minutes in between classes or whatever. So the hugest benefit that we have seen is finding the areas of our program that are like, you know, I think we can do this differently. How can we use the software? So it, it has really helped us kind of fill a couple of the cracks that we've always perceived as, well, we have to do it this way because we can't think of a better way to do it.
0: I, I love that, the concept of just, uh, you know, how can the, what specific aspects of my music program can this improve rather than just saying, well, I'm gonna use it in every aspect. I think that's very good advice. Um, one, of the
1: other, one of the other high school band directors in our district used uh, sight reading factory a lot in her private lessons mm-hmm. and kept a really great spreadsheet of what lesson they were on, what things they struggle with, what she assigned, and then how that improved. So she kept this like data sheet that is really, really incredible to watch. And she intentionally did that because we got the subscription on a one-year trial. And the district wanted to see growth and data, and to her credit, she was incredible with it and the layout and just the growth that it shows that all the kids made was very, very important to us getting that continued renewal.
0: That's great. I mean, I bless her cotton socks, as I like to say. That's you know, getting all that data and showing it. Uh, that that's fantastic.
1: But again, it was a totally different way that it was used than how we used it. But right. it was the same subscription, same software, so.
0: Oh, interesting. I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, my, my last question uh, for you, Brian, uh, is the the good old magic wand question. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, if you could wave a magic wand and have music first do something uh, that it doesn't do now or, you know, that you wanted it to do, what, what would it be?
1: The... You beat me to the punch on this one, because when I saw you this summer, you told me about a new feature that would have been my magic one. And that is the ability to create a, submit a playing test with an audio recording, rather than the sheet music from MuseScore or from Sibelius. And we haven't gotten to it yet because we don't start jazz band for a few weeks, but I am so excited to upload a rhythm section background track to a blues and say, all right, horns and jazz one, we all have to submit two courses of blues by next week. We've been working on this scale. Make sure that what you're playing fits within this scale or on this rhythm. So I want you to play this rhythm throughout and have that as the basis of the playing test, not just the sheet music.
0: Awesome. So the audio backing track feature you're talking yep, about. The
1: audio backing track feature where you can link the playing test to that audio backing track.
0: Well, that makes me very happy. I really appreciate that. So, yeah, um, you know, and, and so be, be, I forgot to ask one uh, question, really important, because you mentioned Google Classroom. Mm-hmm. Do your students primarily access their assignments from Google Classroom, or are they going into music first?
1: I would guess that, like, 90% of them are going straight through Google Classroom. Once, okay. once you set it up the first time, and what we did this year, different than last year, is I created uh, an assignment sheet that we handed out on the first week of school where it went step-by-step what the kids needed to do to log in, to get the app onto their phones, and then to link it to the Google Classroom. And the thing for them that they love so much is that they already look at the Google Classroom for their other academic classes, so they're already there. The assignments pop up in there, and once they log in the first time, they don't have to re-log in any time they can just click on the assignment and it automatically takes them in so I would say that the large majority of our kids go directly through Google classroom to get their assignments
0: yeah that's that's what that's what we thought would happen because they're using it for every other class I know my daughter who my younger daughter who's a, a sophomore in high school everything is Google you know uh, you know on her on her phone on her Chromebook and she's doing all her assignments so it I'm I'm glad to see that they're using it, but I'm also not surprised to hear that that that's how they would access it.
1: Yeah, and like I said earlier, the participation rate on the assignments once I figured out the Google Classroom link just skyrocketed. It was exponentially different. Oh, that's great to hear.
0: Yep. Well, Brian, absolute uh, delight to talk with you. I I really enjoyed the the difference of this uh, you know podcast and that we're talking really about a band, which is the vast majority of our customers are band directors and orchestra directors and choir directors, performance ensemble directors. So it's just, it's really wonderful to hear how you're using it uh, in in such a storied uh, program. And and you sound like a fantastic educator. The kids are so lucky to have you. And uh, really wonderful to chat with you this evening.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.